Alright, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of Fans First Sports Network. Thank you for taking the time. Happy Wednesday. It is hump day, folks. And even though the Steelers don't have a game this week, we get to revel in the fact that the Steelers beat the Ravens last week. And now for the next week and a half or so, we are going to be able to kind of diagnose things, but we really get to rest easy. At least I do. And one of the worst things as a content creator that you could ever have is the team that you cover, in this case, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they lose a really bad game at home going into a week off. I mean, that is just, it's a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare. So with this, I was like, thank goodness the Steelers at least won. So we're in this podcast, we're going to be talking about some change. Change is necessary. Change is absolutely necessary. What is that going to look like? What are some realistic changes? We're going to update DEFCON levels. We're also going to talk about news. We've got the Victory Monday shirt giveaway. And in the second half of the podcast, you know what time it is on Wednesday. It is time for the mailbag. So let's get this thing started off with the news. It's how we always start our podcast. We're going to keep that consistent. There's a lot of players that are starting to return to practice. It's a good thing. Mainly Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson uh, was practicing with the team, uh, and he was spoke to the media. He's been doing a lot more. He said he feels good, feels great. He's been working his butt off. They said, are you going to return for the Week 7 game against L.A.? He said, hell yeah, I'm going to return. So that's awesome. That's great. I hope, he's, I hope that he is speaking truth. Not that he's lying, but I hope that what he's saying is actual fact, is, you know, factual information as it pertains to the team needing him back. We'll talk about that later. Also, you know, you Cam uh, Cam Hayward was running, seen running. That's a good sign. So he's at least working his way back. James Daniels returned to practice as well. There was also some practice squad shuffling. Most of the time, this is not really noteworthy, but the Steelers released Brad Wing. So Brad Wing played for the Steelers the last two weeks, did a great job, was consistent. Was he spectacular? No, but he was consistent. When you hear this story about this guy, and he battled substance abuse, was out of the league for, I think, over six years, I didn't realize that he was in the XFL. Didn't know that because I don't watch the follow the XFL. But that he actually tried out for the XFL because he saw an ad on his Instagram feed. I mean, think about that. So he goes out, tries out, he makes a team, eventually goes back to Pittsburgh and kind of comes full circle for him. So I'm sure that if if something happens with Presley Harvin and his hamstring injury, then he'll probably be on the short list to return to Pittsburgh. But great job by him. Him being released, though, does tell us, the fans, that Presley Harvin's hamstring is close to being ready to go. Therefore, it's kind of an, it, there's no need to have Brad Wing on the practice squad anymore. All right, hey, we did a, we did a Victory Monday giveaway for those that participated, which we had a, a great number of people that found us on Steel Curtain Network. They followed us, and they retweeted it. We're going to do this every single time that the Steelers win a game. Let's hope we give out a lot more of these Victory Monday shirts. The winner this week, you'll be hearing from me, uh, some way, shape, or form, maybe through the Steel Curtain Network Twitter feed, is Chris Laverty. That's right, Chris Laverty. Congratulations, Chris. You are the winner of the Victory Monday t-shirt. We'll be sending you 
the information and how we get your email and all that good stuff so we can send you that gift certificate via email. And you can go to the Steelers, the Steel Curtain Network store and get yourself that Victory Monday shirt, or maybe you want a Let's Ride shirt. I don't, I wouldn't blame you if you do, but still, you can make that choice. It's up to you. So congratulations, Chris. All right. This is the this is the tough part here. So I had some people on Twitter say to me after Monday's podcast, Jeff, like great show, but you know you talked about the yeah buts. They exist. I I get it. they do exist. Like there's I'm not debating that. I just chose on Monday coming off of a win over the Baltimore Ravens in a weird fashion, crazy fashion, how whatever you want to describe it as. It was it was not your traditional win. We'll put it that way. I didn't want to focus on the negatives today though. I'm not really focusing on the negatives. What I'm focusing on is change. Because I think we all recognize that both offensively and defensively for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they they need to see some change in some way. Change is what everyone wants, but they also wanted change after week four. Think about that. So after the Steelers lose 30-6 to to the Houston Texans down in Houston, everyone wanted change. Fire Canada make these all these sweeping changes well in reality in reality you don't have that much change happen in the middle of a regular week now does that mean that mike tomlin had the green light to go up in front of the media and everything and kind of just say well we're going to practice in pads yeah that does give him the green light to say whatever he wants he's the head coach of the football team but at the same time it was something tangible that he felt that he could say without saying Look, there's not much we can change in the middle of a week. You're not going to fire a coordinator in the middle of a week. You're also not going to have a crazy change in philosophy on either side of the football in the middle of a week. It just doesn't happen. It's not going to, nothing good is going to come from it. Think about it from an offensive perspective. You've practiced for the last three plus months on this playbook and all these different things and these different aspects. Not that there aren't subtle changes made throughout a season already. There are, but to have any sweeping changes, it's going to take time to implement. And that's why when everyone says fire Canada, the one thing you have to think about is, well, who's going to replace him? The Steelers don't really have someone in-house to do that. Speaking of which, it's being reported there will not be a change in offensive coordinator this is uh this is me being shocked. In other words, I'm not. I'm not shocked at all. This was as expected. Anyone with a level head knew that the Steelers were not going to make an offensive coordinator change barring something catastrophic happening. And yeah, some people did predict that the Steelers winning against Baltimore and in the fashion that they did with Kenny Pickett, fourth quarter comeback, all that stuff, game-winning drive, blah, 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 that it meant that it likely meant that Hey, we're going to get this guy for the rest of the year. That was expected too. I, I've said it a million times on my shows. I would have been shocked, stunned, however you want to say it, if they decided to fire Matt Canada midseason. So what changes can happen? I'm, I'm trying to think about realistic changes. Because what I talked about on Monday, and if you missed that show, please go back and check it out. In the first half, I talked all about how 2022 – Last season should be a blueprint for what fans can expect in 2023 coming out of a bye. And that is that change can happen. But to have it happen during the bye week, that's when we can actually wrap our heads around something that is realistic, that can actually take place. Because like I just said, not too long ago, changing something in the middle of a week where you don't have extra time, 
where you don't have those extra meetings and extra practices, you're not going to make those changes. But during the bye week, no, that's a different story altogether. That's when you can actually see some change. So this is when, if in week seven, when the Pittsburgh Steelers travel across country to SoFi Stadium to play the LA Rams, if nothing changes, and when we talk about these changes, I'm going to list them here for you. If we don't see anything change, that, my friends, is when you can be absolutely livid. That's when you can grab your pitchforks and torches and say, what in the hell is happening? We saw a change last year from the bye week. Little subtle changes, but we saw changes. Changes in philosophy, maybe some slight changes in personnel. Let's talk about what we can actually see as changes, realistic changes in the Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of the bye before week seven. I found four. Some of them are very basic. Some of them might be a little bit more than that. Four for offense and four for defense. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball. First and foremost, the Steelers need to get people that are banged up back in the lineup. So I don't know if Pat Fryermuth is going to be good to go in week seven. If I had a bet on it, I would bet that he's not going to be in the lineup. Hamstring injuries are tough. Look at what happened with Deontay Johnson. However, the fact that Pat Fryermuth was not placed on injured reserve is notable. That means that they could have put him on IR, and yes, he has to sit out four games, but they had an inkling that he would be ready before that four-week span. So that's good. that's good to know. So he's going to have almost two weeks off, three technically. I don't know if he'll be ready, but getting him back would be a big boost. They should have James Daniels back. I mentioned already that he returned to practice. Deontay Johnson declared that he'll be back. He still has to be able to make it back, but still, he's expected to play. That is going to be a really, really big addition, both of those players. Big additions for the offense, especially Deontay Johnson, and honestly, James Daniels as well. He's he's much better than, than Nate Herbig. We saw that the last two weeks. So that's number one. Get those guys back. Number two, this is going to allow the Steelers and this is in no particular order, by the way. The second thing that the realistic change we could expect is that for the Steelers to focus on what they do well and how they do it. Now, that sounds really simple, but this is a time where Kenny Pickett, maybe Najee Harris, some of the offensive linemen like Mason Cole, James Daniels, Isaac Sayamalu, they get those that core group of guys together and say, okay, here we have, look at the numbers. They're not good. We know this. But we're 3-2 and two and we're first place in the division right now. Somehow, someway, well, we got to fix this thing. We can't completely rewrite the playbook. So what are we going to do? Lean on what you do well and what the players actually like. And that ties into kind of what I'm going to talk about with the next thing. That is to simplify things and listen to the players. As a coach... I don't care if you've coached Little League all the way up through high school or college. There are times when you have to put your coaching pride aside and say that maybe the plan and maybe the scheme that I have drawn up that I take a lot of pride in, well, maybe that's just not it. Maybe that's just not working. And so what we need to do is we kind of need to scrap it, certain parts of it, and we need to emphasize what's going well. And it really does, it's, a, it's based on every single team and what they do well. So the Steelers talk about simplification. You talk about focusing on what they do well. Talk to the players and lean on them. Coach, look, I know that you love this 12 personnel when it's this down and distance, but I'm telling you, it's just not working. 
We need to scrap that. We got to think outside the box here. That's what they can do. Those extra meetings, that extra time to prep, absolutely can make a big difference. Now let's go to the fourth one. And I think this is maybe the most important one outside of getting some players back, but that's getting the offensive line, the cohesion that they need, especially with Broderick Jones now being the starter. If Dan Moore is healthy enough to play and he is reinserted into the starting lineup, that will be enough to have a lot of the fan base unbelievably angry, livid almost. They will be really, really ticked off. Why? Broderick Jones played well against Baltimore. He did a great job. I don't know if they probably gave him a lot of help. I'm sure Darnell Washington, his buddy from Georgia, was right next to him a good bit. But still, he did his job. I talked about it before. He's going to be equal to a Dan Moore. Let him play. Let him get out there and learn. But they need to get that group with Broderick Jones at left tackle. They need to become that cohesive unit. Communication is going to be huge. Their improvement will equate to the improvement in the entire offense. That's just the way it works in the NFL. So those four things on offense. Let's talk about defense. Number one, first thing I'm going to list is there should be a larger role for Joey Porter Jr. We all know that, right? The guy, you look at the PFF scores, whether you like him or not, it's a smaller sample size, but still, every time he's out there, he's doing a good job. Comes up with a key interception uh, off Lamar Jackson, pass intended for Odell Beckham Jr. There's other people that are breaking down tape of him and says he's much more than just the few pass breakups he's had. He's doing a really great job whenever he's on the field. Yet, Terrell Austin said it again on Tuesday, just not there yet. Not sure what they're waiting on. Maybe he's not a starter. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you pump the brakes on the starter talk, but he should have an expanded and a larger role moving forward. Next, I want to see more Quan Alexander. Nothing against Alandon Roberts and nothing against Cole Holcomb. I think Cole Holcomb is coming into his own as well. But Quan Alexander is that hybrid player that he's a thumper. He he has the physicality that Alandon Roberts has. Cole Holcomb not not so much. But he also has the athleticism of Cole Holcomb that Alandon Roberts doesn't have. He's kind of the best of both worlds. He's been in the system now for a couple months. Use this bye week to figure out how you can get him on the field more. Keep him on the field. He's better in coverage more athletic, he's explosive. It's something we as Steeler fans haven't seen for a very long time from the inside linebackers. Next, get Cam Hayward back. I don't think Cam Hayward is going to be nearly ready in Week 7. Almost everyone has been pointing to Week 8. I thought more Week 9, Week 10 even. The dude had surgery to repair his groin. That's going to take time to heal. And the one thing you don't want to have is right when he feels like he's ready, he goes out and moves re-injury, and this time, season over. So they're going to have to be patient, but getting Cam back at some point in the second half, which he said he's coming back, he is playing this year, that will be a big boost. Last thing for the defense, that is I want to see Minka Fitzpatrick more in his robber role, more in the natural free safety role. I want to see him being a game changer that's not glued to the line of scrimmage because they cannot tackle and because they need him up there to, to stop the run. We saw this two years ago when he led the team in tackles. It wasn't good. He wasn't as much of a game changer. Get him where he belongs. Deep half, confusing quarterbacks, making plays on the football. That's what I want to see from Minka coming out of the bye. They got to figure it out. They got to figure something out. So there you go. Those are some realistic changes that the Steelers could actually have. Some realistic changes the Steelers could have that are coming out of the bye, that are not ridiculously drastic, but you know what they would be? They'd be noticeable. 
they would be noticeable. You would notice Joey Porter Jr. out there more. You would notice that the offensive line is gelling more. You would notice that the play calls seem to be meshing with what the players do best, or you should see more success there. And you'll definitely notice Quan Alexander and Minka Fitzpatrick if they're put in roles where they can excel. Let's do a quick DEFCON level update heading into the bye week. And these won't change, so I probably won't do this next week. Uh, But after last week's game, the quarterback, remember, by the way, one is bad, five is great. One is awful, I should say. Five is great. Quarterback is a two. It remains a two. Same as last week. Kenny Pickett, yep, played well in the fourth quarter. Can we put it together, though? Like, let's get it together. Come on, let's get it together. I have met a two. Wide receivers and tight end go up one to a three. Uh, Really liked, you know, George Pickens is doing well. But, oh, I'm sorry, that was the wrong number. They remain at a two. Uh, the wide receivers and tight ends remain at a two. I misread. My fault. My apologies. I have them at a two because, really, outside of Pickens, been kind of disappointed. Allen Robinson looked kind of slow in and out of his breaks. Not sure if it's a foot or the ankle, the injury that he had last year with uh, the Rams. Not sure. I want to see more from the wide receivers. Getting Deontay Johnson back will help big time. The running backs go up to a three. I liked what I saw from Najee Harris in the small sample size that he had on the field. Jalen Warren is the reason why it's going up, though. He's the reason why it's going from a two to the three. Jalen Warren's looking good. The offensive line remains at a two. While they did show signs of improvement, especially in the second half, i.e. the fourth quarter, you just want to see more consistency overall. Now, the defensive side, the defensive backs, they're staying at a two. Until I start to see Joey Porter Jr. out there, and they're starting to play better it's just not it's just not where it should be not in my opinion so that says it at two inside linebackers stay at a three outside linebackers stay at a four and the defensive line stays at a two when I went through this I was like wow I didn't change anything the defense did look better the outside linebackers are still great that's why they're a four inside linebackers played a much better game that's why they're a three if you get to a five folks I hope you realize this with the DEFCON updates if you get to a five That means that you're playing almost perfect football, and no one on this team is playing perfect football. Special teams maybe could have been close to a five at some point, but Gunnar Olszewski fumbling. They're staying at a four. I uh, thought about moving them down to three, but I decided not to. They are staying at a four. All right, folks, that's about it for the first half. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have the mailbag segment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It is Wednesday. Happy hump day, and it's time for the mailbag segment. In case you don't know how this works, all you have to do is you have to find me on Twitter. So you just have to find at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I put out the tweet every Tuesday morning. You respond to that tweet with your question. I will answer it live on the air. It's that simple. It is that simple. Let's do this. We had a lot of questions. Jeff Coons, he said, keeping with the a few good men theme. That's the gif I've used the last two weeks. This one was uh, my favorite, one of the best scenes of any movie I've ever watched, and that's when uh, Nathan Colonel Jessup is on the stand at the very end. Everyone always talks about how that's that's the I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yes, it is that part of the movie, but that whole scene, 
That whole day in that courtroom is remarkable. Nicholson is a freaking genius. And it's when he says, I'll answer the questions. That's right. I am going to answer the questions. So here's what he said. Do you think Matt Canada frequently recites the Colonel Markins in line? I want you to know that I'm proud neither of what I have done nor what I am doing. <laughs> in case you don't know the movie, Colonel Markinson is the one that takes his own life before taking the stand because he knows what that would do for his career and probably for his life. So I don't know if Matt Canada is saying that. Jeff continues, Chooks seems to struggle versus the Ravens. What are the chances Dan Moore gets a look at right tackle after recovering from his injury? He's played there before. Is there a benefit of rotating rotating in the best player? Dan Moore does have the he has the build of a right tackle. You would think, yeah, because he has played there a little bit before. It's it just never looks good. It never makes sense. Chooks has the build of a left tackle, yet it never works there either. I think that your best bet is that Chooks Akorfor can do his thing on the right side and that Broderick Jones is on the left and Dan Moore can swing back and forth if necessary. Let's go to Chris Turney. He asked too, whatever happened to winning is the most important thing. There's a fifth Lombardi in Pittsburgh and that was an ugly Super Bowl win in Detroit. Is there an asterisk next to that one? It's a great point, Chris. And no, the answer is no, there's not. Then he said, what is the value of loyalty in today's NFL? Are the Steelers too loyal to coaches and players? I, I don't know if they're too loyal well, you're getting into some nitty-gritty stuff with the the ownership and maybe the uh, penny-pinching mindset of maybe someone like Art Rooney II who doesn't want to pay a coach to not do anything, which a lot of teams will say, look, you're fired. I still have two years on my contract. doesn't matter. We'll pay you. We get out of here. You're done. He's not like that. That's just not how he operates. But in terms of loyalty, yeah, I, I think you can be loyal to a fault to both coaches and players. I don't know if the Steelers would fall into that category, but I could definitely see the Steelers in certain situations in the Mike Tomlin era falling down that trap. All right, let's go to Brian Haynes. He has several. In your opinion, whose seat should be hotter between Terrell Austin and Matt Canada? Both of them are underperforming, and neither of them seem to want to play the youngsters. Joey Porter Jr. and Darnell Washington are both being underutilized. I would say that Matt Canada is going to be the one that seat would be hotter. Although I don't think Terrell Austin is really setting the world on fire either on the defensive side. Next from Brian is Leftwich such a letdown that he can't get a callback. Is he that much worse than Matt Canada? Now Byron Leftwich, this was reported by I think Mark Cavalli of the athletic that Byron Leftwich reached out to the Steelers and said, look, like let me come in and try and help. And they said, no, thanks. We're not even returning your phone call. You have to wonder, what does that say? The optics matter. So what are they supposed to say? Oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Hey, Matt, we brought in some help for you. You might as well just fire the guy if you're going to be bringing on someone else. So, yeah, that's probably why. Brian also asked, does DJ come back? Uh, does DJ coming back push our offense into the top half of the league? No. No. Does it help? Yes. Does it push him into the top half of the league? No. Uh, unfortunately, no, it's not that simple. Okay, let's go to Nathan Van Slyke. He said, hey, Jeff, I saw your tweet about JPJ and wondered what it would take for either the OC or DC to let some of their younger players take on more responsibility, like KP8 being allowed to audible out of a play that he knows won't work. So this is what part of what I said should be natural changes in the Steelers, within the Steelers organization over the bye week. They've got to start giving a little bit of a leash They've got to start trusting some of these younger players and hoping that everything that they've 
hoped for in their development has happened and they can now be more full-time members of the team. We'll put it that way. Okay, I, I missed this one from Brian. I'll get this quickly. Who called that touchdown play? I think it was Matt Canada, and it was uh, – I know that Kenny Pickett spoke on Tuesday and said to the media that he called the, the – he just changed up the protection, slid it to the right. That's why you heard him call Randy. And then he also signaled go route to George Pickens because he saw single coverage. So, yes, Matt Canada called the play, but it was Kenny Pickett that kind of checked out of some stuff and checked into some protections, so take that for what it's worth. I'm sorry for getting these mixed up. My ride or die crew, they follow directions so well. I actually changed my profile picture for the week, and it's John Harbaugh with his hand on his after the fourth and two. That everyone has the same picture, so it's tough for me to differentiate who's asking the questions. All right, let's go to Corey Eckenroth. He said, "Can the defense keep up their pace of being on the field over sixty percent of a game? Cam coming back fresh will be good, but will it be too late before others start breaking down?" I don't know if it's breaking down as much as it is just the defense wearing down. I think that what you want is you want the defense to be fresh. You don't want them to be out 60% of the time. If if there's a, a unit on this team that should be willing and capable of taking that and shouldering that load, it's the defense. Another from Corey. Jeff, are you ordering a code red on Canada? And he's referring to the GIF. Yes, I'm ordering a code red. You're damn right I did. <laughs> Corey also has rumors of the Broncos possibly having a pre-Black Friday sale after their horrible start. Any players you want Con to go after? Yes, Patrick Sertain, please. <laughs> cost so much. That would cost so much, but think about what it would be like to have Joey Porter Jr. and Patrick Sertain next to you on the other side. That's legit. It's trade. Yeah, now I'm talking myself into it. Anyways, let's go to Brian Katz. Or as I like to call them, bagels and bong rips. He said, "What would things look like now if Big Ben, in his prime, was the quarterback and Canada was the offensive coordinator? Obviously, better, but how? What would it look like from the big from the play called in from Canada to Big Ben's handling of the call due to his experience and then the execution? If you're talking about in his prime, Ben was able to read a defense. He was able to make those changes and checks. Uh, he also took some liberties out there, as we know. I think that it would probably." You would definitely see Ben flexing his muscle within the organization, just like he did with Todd Haley, and said, look, we're going to run some of these things my way. He didn't do that in the last year of his career, probably because, well, Matt Cannon is a new coordinator. He knows it's his last year. I think it would look a lot different, but I think it would also be very similar in a lot of ways. Another one from Brian. How do you think Deontay Johnson's return will impact the offense? Will more options, open receivers be the result? I think this is what you'll see. The defense cannot throw double coverage to George Pickens the entire time. Deontay Johnson is a master of getting open. So Kenny Pickett gets a security blanket back. Everyone says, ah, Pat Fryer is a security blanket. No, he's not. No, he's not. It's Deontay Johnson. It was the same thing with Ben Roethlisberger when Antonio Brown left. Deontay Johnson always got open. So when things got sticky, he looked at DJ because he was going to be open. I think the same thing's true with Kenny Pickett. Having him come back will be a big boost for the offense. It'll help George Pickens. It'll help Kenny Pickett. It should help all around. Let's go to Brandon Diaz. He asked a couple questions. Number one, coaches DEFCON levels. Okay, so the coaches DEFCON levels, I can't remember if I did this in last the after week four. I would say that they're probably at a two. They're at a two. And that's probably the same after the last one, the last game. Uh, number two, what's the podcast plans during the bye week? Okay, that's a great question. We're still going to have all the podcasts. I have a special guest lined up for Friday, trying to iron out some times. 
and then on Friday, we still have the All Bets Ross segment. Working on a guest for next Monday. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun as well. And then uh, next Wednesday, we're kind of back in the swing of things and getting you geared up for that Rams game. So uh, we'll still do behind the enemy lines next week. That's kind of the plan right now. Number three, is George Pickens wide receiver one, or is it still DJ? I think that it's he's not there yet. I think it's still DJ, barring that in- injury is not going to prohibit Deontay Johnson from getting open. Four, can Warren and Najee be Bettis and Parker? I think they absolutely can. I'd love to see just a better running game in general. And then um, number five, how's the golf game coming? Haven't been out to the course as much as I want. Uh, went to the range, took the kids. Actually met Dave Schofield there and his son. Hit some golf balls the other day, hit him well. Was very happy with the way I hit him. Uh, got some family coming in uh, this weekend. Going to golf on Saturday, um, Saturday morning early. Supposed to be chilly. That's fine. I'm down. Let's go. I'll let you know next week how that goes. All right, let's go to Johnny Angel. Said defense looks stellar except cornerback. JPJ seems ready. Not sure why the kid gloves, but Levi Wallace just seems to consistently be getting beat. Assuming Peterson will move to the slot, I would rather see Riley there and JPJ for Wallace. What do you think? I would be okay with Patrick Peterson if he could take the Cam Sutton role back when they would go to dime and Cam Sutton would come out. That's, I think, the perfect spot for him. Uh, But I also think that you'd have to pick and choose when you have Joey Porter out there and Levi Wallace. You don't want Levi Wallace out there when you have a team like the Cincinnati Bengals who have a bunch of different weapons. I'd rather have Patrick Peterson with the experience than I would Levi Wallace. So they're going to have to pick and choose there. That's for sure. Uh, Johnny Angel said ETA for the Hayward and Deontay do back. Deontay Johnson has said he's going to be back in week seven. I think Hayward's a couple weeks after. Houston Steeler Chris said, Jeff, our corners, what are we doing? Is it personnel or scheme? I'm sure a mix of both, but which is hurting us more? Why isn't King getting any snaps? Do you think Joey Porter Jr. will start after the bye? He might start after the bye, Joey Porter that is. But I just don't know how they're going to work him in. I think that Desmond King should get to see more repetitions in the slot, but they like Chandon Sullivan. He hasn't done poorly. No one's ever said, oh, Chandon Sullivan sucks. What's going on? No, no one said that. He hasn't played poorly. So I think you might see Desmond King more. I think some of it is scheme as well. They're running a lot of zone, and that is not Joey Porter's game. He is a man coverage corner. And really, when you think about it in that respect, Patrick Peterson, did he lose a step where he can't really run the man schemes as well? So keep that in mind as you progress through the season. Nathan Bolig says, good shot of Deontay and Daniels back after the bye and for increased snaps for JPJ and Warren. Do you think those changes along with KP8 seeming to get more latitude with changing things at the line of scrimmage will help the offense turn a corner? Should be less three and outs on offense and more on defense. I do think getting these players back and getting the extra time and Kenny Pickett still continuing to to work through his process is going to help the offense. Is it going to be perfect? No. Is it going to be better? It better be. It better be. Thomas asked, in the last game, there was a moment where Roberts caught a ball, but the refs blew it dead. From every replay, it looked like a good interception. Why was this play not looked at more, or did I just miss something? I have got to go back and see this play. Thomas, if you have it on your DVR or something like that and you find it, send me the video on Twitter. I want to see it. I want to see what you're talking about because I think this is important. I just don't remember it. I can't remember if it saved my life. Thomas also asked, what are the chances we can get Cam back early? I don't know. If he's just starting to run. Like Think about that. He's just starting to run. 
He's not practicing or doing game-like drills. He's just starting to run. He is weeks away still. Uh, but, hey, I could be I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Richard asks, am I the only one that thinks bad? Sounds like the lead singer of the Jerry Cherry Band. I thought they were the same person when I first came on board. I can picture bad jamming out, and it cracks me up. Uh, I will say this. I've had Jerry Cherry on my show. Super great guy, unbelievably kind, lets us use his music uh, for our shows and stuff. And he's a hell of an artist in terms of the the way he can play all the instruments, singing. I've seen Brian Davis sing in front of a crowd. Those two are not the same. We're just going to put it that way. <laughs> Andy Cooper said, hey, Jeff, how big of an impact do you think Deontay makes for the offense once he's inserted back into the lineup? I've kind of already talked about this. I think it's a big impact. I do. Let's go to Afton Forward. What did you think of the inside linebacker play against the Ravens? Much improved, Afton. Absolutely improved. But I, I do, like I said earlier, I want to see more Quan Alexander. Let me see more Quan. Give me the Quan. Okay, let's go to, is George Pickens really him? He asked a couple. First, do you see the youth movement beginning after the bye? Porter, Benton, uh, but maybe cut Gunner and elevate Mims. Let Broderick start going forward. I believe it's time. I'm fine with all that. I'm fine with all that. I think Gunner is probably going to stay on the roster until Deontay Johnson's back. Even then, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but yeah, it's a rough go for, for Gunner Olszewski. Let's go to uh, the second one from his George Pickens with him. Two Maryland questions for you. Oh, gosh. He said, uh, can you remind me, as someone who grew up in Maryland and watched the genesis of the Ratbird franchise, the glorious week that follows beating the Ravens? It's, a, it's awesome. You wear your Steelers stuff around, and they can't say a freaking thing. They look at you with, in disgust. They want to say something, but they realize they can't. They can't. Not this week, not next week, not until I think it's late in the season when the Steelers play them again. It is glorious, like you said. Also, Halloween, this is from George Pickens, is really him. Halloween is coming. Have you ever done the ghost tour at Point Lookout? If not, I recommend it. No, I haven't because I freaking hate to be scared. Hate it. I really cannot stand it. I hate haunted houses. I hate the, the ghost rides and stuff. No thanks. Like, nope, not bringing that into my life. No thank you. You can stay over there. I'll tell people about it, though. It seems pretty cool. Next one, I forgot this one from Ms. George Pickens, really him. Everyone has been on the idea that JPJ is the next one due to close coverage and lack of college interceptions. Could we be looking at Rod Woodson as a closer comp? Closer comp. JPJ looks every part, the elite shutdown corner, in my opinion. For me, man, you're talking Rod Woodson, like you're talking about an, a potential Olympic style athlete, that type of speed and athleticism. Joey Porter's athletic, but he's not that. So I'm not going to go to Rod Woodson just yet. Let's start off with Ike Taylor, and let's see him move into something better. And he's not even as fast as Ike Taylor was. I'm fine with either comp, though. Both were great cornerbacks for the Steelers. Afton asked another one. She said, the AFC North was considered tough in the offseason. Do you still think it's one of the toughest divisions in football? Tough as in physical, rough tumble? Yes. Tough as in competitive? Yes, it's still competitive. Tough as in one of the best divisions in the NFL? No. No, not right now. I'd probably say the AFC East minus the Patriots is a is a tough division. But then again, even the Jets, without a quarterback, they're not very good. It's the Bills in Miami. Go to the West, no. South, God, no. Maybe it is the AFC North and the AFC, I don't know. Right now, this if you listen to my NFL podcast, check them out, by the way. Go to the FFSN NFL feed, and you can hear some of my NFL stuff. 
It's just crazy. You just don't know. Let's go to Joshua Petrick. The final few minutes of the game, we saw Kenny Pickett settle in for the first time all season. Was this because it was against a familiar opponent, because KP8 has the clutch factor, or he is finally settling? I think it's all of the above. I think it's all of the above, and I think Kenny Pickett's slowly starting to trust his offensive line. I don't think I can stress it enough that this is one of those games where you're like, man, he had he had to get it done, and he's just finally trusting the people in front of him to do their jobs. Okay, let's go to Dilly Dilly Dalton. He said, why the underutilization of Des King? Am I still blinded by his return touchdown against us as a charger, or is he a legitimate talent that should be taking punts and kickoffs when Calvin Austin or McFarland can't? And that's something that the return stuff that you just mentioned, hey, I, I get it. That to me, when I think about the return stuff, I cannot believe they put Gunner back there when Desmond King was active. I'm pretty sure he was active. I'd have to double check, but I agree. I'd love to see him infused in there more. He's got potential. Let's go to Tank. He asked several questions. Can we finally create a nickname for the duo of Watt and Highsmith? I'm thinking power and prayer, high wattage, or 90 plus 56 equals turnovers. I'm not going to, hey, teasing this here, we might have a high wattage shirt coming out on the Steel Curtain Network store. I'm going to keep you in the loop. I like that. I like that a lot. Tank also says, what do you think the difference is the first three-quarter Kenny versus the comeback picket? I think a lot of it is is that he starts to figure things out. But don't think for a second, folks, that Kenny Pickett early in the game needs to be able to trust. He needs to be able to trust his receivers. He needs to be able to trust his line, all of it. I think that's huge, not just in third quarter, fourth quarter, all of it. Next from Tank, Joey Porter Jr. has has more influence in the Steelers winning than Matt Canada. Just a statement, not a question. Thank you, Tank, for the statement, nonetheless. Okay, we've got a lot here. Steelers hot takes. Here we go. He said, what does it say about Mike Tomlin and the offensive coaches that PFF's highest-graded offensive player of the entire Matt Canada era is Mitch Trubisky, who obviously isn't even on the field this season? Uh, it says that they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round, and they're not going to – allow a pro football focus grade to play them over the other. That's what it means. That's what it means. Steeler fan 69. Hi, Jeff. What is your favorite dad joke? One of mine is I accidentally got ketchup in my eyes. I now have hindsight. Ha <laughs> ha. But I'm ching. I like that one. I got to be honest. My favorite dad joke though, is just the simple. My kids say this all the time. I'm hungry. And I love to say it because they just, it drives them nuts. When I say, hi, hungry, I'm dad. I love those jokes. I think they're hysterical. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to steal that one. James, I don't know how to say your last name, so my apologies. He says, despite the win, I still feel incredibly uneasy about this team. I'm not sure what exactly it'll take to quote-unquote calm the uneasiness I have. Curious if you happen to feel the same, what will it take to make you feel at ease again? Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, James, but in my 40 years of life and probably my 31 of really paying attention to the Steelers, I've never felt ease with this team ever, ever. It's a constant uneasiness, but I do get these moments where I can say to myself, I think they're going to win. I get these moments where it's like, "Mm, I've got an inkling that this is going to happen. Had it last week, came to fruition. There you go. Let's go to Bartholomew Grab. Do you think Omar Khan makes any moves during the bye week? Also, do you think that the law firm of Highsmith and Watt can keep up this pace of mayhem they are causing. So I don't think they make any moves during the bye week, to be honest. Uh, the And Highsmith and Watt, why can't they keep it up? Highsmith's only got two sacks this season. TJ's got eight. Highsmith starts heating up. Watch out. It's only going to get worse. 
worse for the opponent, not the Steelers. Let's go to Angry Girl Dad. Not a question, so maybe this won't get aired. Now it will. Thank you for making Kenny Pickett a winner. He's talking about my winners and losers on Monday. People forget this is his first full season in the NFL. Plus, he clearly has some sophomore slump things happening. Also, effing Canada. Love this fan base, but loathe the Kenny hate. It comes with the territory, man. I guarantee if Ben Roethlisberger had an honest conversation with him, he said, look, you got to be prepared for these people to turn on you in the drop of the hat if you don't play well. It's just the way it works. He starts winning, starts playing better. Everyone will jump back on the bandwagon. That's what today's sports world is like, unfortunately. Casual Steelers team. We have three left. I checked the odds on FanDuel. TJ Watt is currently third to win the Defensive Player of the Year behind Garrett and Parsons. When will he get the credit he truly deserves? Screw the credit. Go put your money on FanDuel on TJ Watt to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's what you do. Hey, who cares if he talk, they talk about him on NFL Network or ESPN? Go put your money on him. Win some money. There you go. Ed Cunningham. Trying to unlock the run game still, Jeff. Why aren't we seeing Warren carry the ball till the second half? Yes, both backs are necessary, but Najee's got uh, it's got to be Najee in the first half. More vertical plays, more trap blocking, more vertical first steps, O-line, bring back Munchak. I'd love Munchak to come back. Let me say that first and foremost. But some of the stuff you said, Ed, kind of ties in with what I talked about in the first half where they need to start utilizing these players more with what they do best. They need to talk to the O-line. Guys, we need to focus on the style, the schemes of blocking that we can really, whether it's trap blocking, whether it's doubles, all that stuff, figure it out. That's why the buy is here. Last one from Nate David. That George Pickens game-winning touchdown was awesome to watch for everybody except Matt Canada, apparently. Why do you think that is? I believe that Kenny audibled out of his original play call. He didn't audible out of it. Uh, He did not do that. So I don't want anyone to think that uh, he audibled out. But... What he did is he just changed the protection at the line of scrimmage. Um, great play. I hope they do it again a lot. I'd love to see more pick to pickens. I'd love to give out more Victory Monday t-shirts. That's what makes this job fun. All right, great questions. Great show. We are going to be back. Hey, bye week? What bye week? There is no bye week for me. You kidding me? This is a 365-day-a-year job covering the Pittsburgh Steelers, covering the National Football League, and helping to orchestrate fans for a sports network. So, with that being said, I will be back on Friday. Like I said, hopefully get that guest lined up. You all will like it. We'll have the All Bets Are Off segment. It should be a good show. Check it out. And remember, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Friday.